sports world, what is good? Chris Dell here, your host of the Family Feud Sports Podcast, powered by Go Baller Media, and welcoming you to our weekly NCAA Insider Edition with none other than the godfather himself, my co-host slash father, Mr. Alan Dell, former NCAA Insider and Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, and a slew of ranked games this week, five games on the schedule this Saturday between ranked opponents. Mr. Alan Dell, tell me, what games are you looking forward to most on Saturday night with four games just Saturday night alone between ranked teams? Well, the two best games, obviously, are Ohio State at Penn State and Stanford at Notre Dame. Both games kick off at 7.30. So if you're one of those people that can watch two games at one time, great. Usually when I do that, I wind up seeing neither game, and I just wind up looking at highlights. <laughs> yeah, I might keep my eye on Ohio State at Penn State. I think that might have more bearing. On the national picture, I, I see both Stanford and Notre Dame losing later on in the year. So whoever loses that in that game, they can't lose again. Stanford's got a heck of a schedule. They were lucky to beat Oregon. I should say Oregon gift-wrapped them a victory. But y'all don't say that. Or you could say maybe it was one of the greatest comebacks of all time. An absolute classic game last week between Stanford and Oregon. Stanford, what, trailing 24-7. to <sighs> He had the touchdown overturn on Oregon's side of things. Then they fumbled back-to-back plays. The second fumble is returned uh, by a touchdown, by four touchdown by Stanford, and they come back to rally for that win. Unbelievable game. I think Stanford, looking at least at the rankings, number seven in both polls, the most underrated team in the country. LSU and Stanford, to me, are my top two teams in the country as it stands today. But we'll get into the rankings here in a second. Big-time implications for these Saturday night games, especially the two that you mentioned. Ohio State, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Penn State, as you mentioned, both undefeated. Stanford at Notre Dame, seven versus the eight, both undefeated. Notre Dame favored by five and a half. Why do you think Notre Dame is favored by that much, almost by a touchdown in this game? Well, they're at home, that, especially being up there. That, that counts for a lot. And they have a new quarterback in uh, Ian Buck, and that can make a big difference. Uh, he started uh, the uh, last week, and he did a really nice job. So that, that, that's, uh, that boosted their hopes. Or promoted their hopes, boosted their hopes. He's high. Okay. So you're looking uh, at it. It was mean, only his second career start at Wake Forest, and they went on to beat Wake Forest 56-27, and he did a really nice job. Um, everybody was talking about Wimbaum, Brandon Wimbaum, Bush, excuse me. No! But right now he's a backup for Notre Dame. You know, how about Notre uh, – I mean, Notre Dame, looking at their schedule, they had the big opening week win against Michigan. They won by a touchdown. But there are two games after that, week two and three, they, they only beat – Ball State by eight points and then only beat Vanderbilt by five. Yeah, but, but they were lucky they, to they're, build, they're, beat Vanderbilt. Well, their, their first convincing win of the season, or at least for their first blowout win of the season, as you mentioned, at Wake Forest. After this, they're at Virginia Tech. We'll get into the, the Hokies uh, there in a little bit. Uh, and then Pittsburgh, Navy, Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse finishing the season at USC. So none of the teams – on Notre Dame's schedule right now, we're currently ranked in the top 25. This will be their only one in addition to that week one game against Michigan. So is Notre Dame for real? You, I mean, obviously, whichever team win, wins this matchup is going to jump pretty high in the rankings, don't you think? Yeah, well, both of these teams have to play USC, and uh, maybe they're off to a slow start, but USC is always tough, especially when they play Notre Dame. That's been a long, long rivalry. So give me give me your picks in these two games. Talking about Ohio State at Penn State, who you got? Or Stanford at Notre Dame. You got both road teams. You got Ohio State and Stanford no, winning both I, these games? No, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I think it's just really tough to do what Stanford's done, go on the road back-to-back, 
against a tough team and try to win. So I, I got to believe Notre Dame, especially with a book look good at quarterback. Uh, and as I said, Stanford was lucky to win that game against Oregon. So I got to go with Notre Dame. I, I'll, I'll say 27-24. Word. Okay. So Notre Dame over Stanford by, what, 27-24, so not covering the spread in that game. What about Ohio State-Penn State? You got a score for me in that one? Tough one, tough one. I, I, I was disappointed in Ohio State two weeks ago. Uh, but uh, Urban the Great is back. Uh, they rolled over Tulane. That doesn't really mean much. They got a good quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. I don't know how their offense is going to do against a good defense. This is really tough. Omaha, uh, playing in Happy Valley, I was there. I was there for USF game a long time ago, and it's out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I, I'm going to just I'm going to go with that Ohio State mystique when Urban's back. It is going to be a really close game. I, I'm going to say this is a 31-30 game, Ohio State. Oh, okay. instant Big Ten classic right there. Whoa. Urban Meyer coming back. Maybe some bad karma on, on his side going going into Happy Valley. We'll we'll see about that. Penn State obviously undefeated and ranked number nine, but definitive underdogs in this matchup. And, and just looking at the rankings with all these implications now, and, and just to mention on the schedule, we also have the, the three other games I mentioned that are between ranked opponents yeah. is, is a noon game on Saturday, West Virginia – at Texas Tech, you got that's 12 at 25. And then Saturday evening after those games, we got 8.30 p.m., BYU number 20 at Washington number 11. Washington's favored by 17.5 points in that game. That's crazy between those two close rankings that a team's favored by that much at home. And then the 10.30, Oregon coming off their loss last yeah, week. Cal. Number 19 at Cal, 24, undefeated Cal, right? And, and, and for, you forgot about the uh, noon game, Syracuse 4-0 at Clemson 4-0. Point well taken. Not ranked, but okay. they're right on the doorstep. Uh, be careful. That's a good one if you're a football fan that's going to sit down at noon, and that's a, that's a good one to watch, uh, a 12 noon kickoff. Syracuse, another team undefeated that's sitting outside the top 25, in addition to our South Florida Bulls undefeated on the season, yeah, sitting outside the top weekend, 25. And, um, I'm keeping my eye on uh, undefeated Kentucky 4-0. They play South Carolina, Will Muschamp. Uh, I'll run it down your throat at all costs. Will Muschamp, uh, I, I consider one of the worst offensive coaches in college football. I mean, absolutely, if you want to the crown Kentucky Wildcats, we're going to get into them in a second. I mean, this team is 4-0. And they are one of only three teams in the country to have already beaten two, two top 25 teams. This is Kentucky, LSU, and Stanford are the only three teams in the country that through four games have beaten two top 25 teams. Teams that were ranked in the top 25 when those games took place. Kentucky at 25, Florida won 27-16 in week two. Last week against 14th ranked Mississippi State, a complete blowout win 28 to 7 for the Kentucky Wildcats impressive on the season and they've got a Heisman candidate themselves oh, don't Benny they Sal, Benny, Benny Snell Jr. Who is your daddy and what does he do? I like that name. He's yeah, cool. it's a that's 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 definitely a household name if I haven't heard one already not to mention you said you said Dwayne Haskins is up there. But let's get into the top playoff rankings. Let me get, give me your college football Power rankings, I'll give you mine. We'll debate a little well, bit back and I, forth. I'm going to ch change a little because you got to get some credit for playing somebody. Alabama, I mean, you have to make them num number one. But, again, Nick Saban should be embarrassed. They play the University of Louisiana Saturday. That's University of Louisiana, not LSU. It, the game should be canceled. The Red Cross should come in and cancel this game. Well, they shouldn't <laughs> be ranked number one. Why should they? Yeah, good question. Well, they, why should they be They look like the one? best team. You know, Later on in the season, they're going to play the Citadel. You tell me why they're playing them. but. You they right got now? the best quarterback, uh, Tua T, as I call him. 
Uh, he's ranked number one in the country in efficiency. So I got Alabama one. I got Clemson two. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give LSU, and maybe they won't be there. Uh, you know, maybe they're not the third best team in the country, but they deserve it for who they played. Uh, they played, they beat two good teams, Miami and Auburn. So I'm going to give them three, and I'll put Ohio State at number four, a shaky number four, Ohio State. Okay, so how about I've got none of those four teams in my top four at the moment. You know how I do my power rankings. It's based off who have you played and who have you beaten. And Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and who was your other team in there? What, LSU. LSU is the only team. Okay, I, I take that back. LSU, I have my other three teams are completely different. I've got LSU number one. As I said, they're the only, one of only three teams in the country to have beaten two top 25 teams. How about LSU is the only team in the country that's beaten two top 10 teams, Miami and Auburn. I know those teams aren't in the top 10 now, but they were when they played those games. Convincing wins, especially the opening week win, 33-17 over Miami. Yeah, they won the close one at Auburn, but a huge road win for the LSU Tigers right there. And number two, I got Stanford. We just talked about them going at Notre Dame. Like I said, one of only three teams that have beaten two top 25 teams. That's what does it for me in these rankings. I'm going to put number three, Notre Dame, because they had the big win over Michigan in week one, and they've done what they need to do. They've taken care of business. So whoever wins that Notre Dame-Stanford game, the loser for me drops out of the top four. The winner maybe moves up a spot, maybe stays right there, the two and three spots in the top four, in my top four. And then number four, people are going to call me crazy, but like I said, the third team, one of only three teams to win two games against top 25 teams, the Kentucky Wildcats with Heisman candidate Benny Snell Jr. at running back. Kentucky, I'm going to put in my rankings as the fourth best team in the country right now. We'll see how long that lasts. If they continue to win, they should continue to move up in the rankings. They got a big game later on in the season at home against Georgia. Other than that, they play at Texas A&M in two weeks. They're against South Carolina this weekend. Uh, I'm going to put the power schools who haven't played Jack in terms of their schedule outside into into my next four. That's Ohio State. That's Alabama. That's Clemson. And I'm going to put Penn State in there, too. Uh, Penn State, obviously, undefeated. I'm not going to put Georgia and Oklahoma even in my top eight right now. They, you know, Oklahoma, look what they had to go to overtime exactly, to beat Army. So. Exactly. And everyone's, you know, just because the, the, the logo on the helmet and the name on the jersey, I'm not using that to determine what my rankings are. And, man, if, if, I, if I was able to actually have a say in, in this AP Top 25 poll, Let's just say I'd be causing some havoc in there right now. Here's the problem with LSU. It's their schedule. Listen to their next five games starting Saturday. Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama. Now, that's five of the better teams in the country. You can't – and Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi State is good. So how are they going to go through that? That's that's murderer's role doubled over. I mean, if they go three and two, it would be great, but – it's going to, they're, they're going to be out of the playoff picture because of that. that's unfortunate. But. Yeah. Well, what, what if they what if they win two of those three? What if they beat either Georgia or Alabama and beat Mississippi State and they, and they come out two and one out of those three games in a row? Yeah. Georgia, Mississippi State, Alabama. The one thing for LSU is that all three of those games are at home. Yeah. All three are at home. They're so at it, Florida. That's the yeah, only one. Yeah. Yeah. That's that could be a trap game right there. If they get past Ole Miss this weekend at home, let's say, let's say they win at Florida. Then they have three straight home games that are com- completely determine the season. If they win those three games, I know it's a long shot. They are the clear-cut, unanimous number one team in the country if they do that, even though they're already number one in my rankings right now. But Ole Miss, don't sleep on them this week, and that will still be a tough conference game for the LSU Tigers there. Um, 
there, there's some interesting notes and, and different opinions when you look at the Heisman race. You've mentioned a few of them. Haskins from Ohio State, the quarterback. Tua from Alabama. We talked about Benny Snell Jr. from Kentucky. Your two guys that you mentioned earlier in the season, uh, Herbert from Oregon, the quarterback, and, and Greer from West Virginia, yeah. are those still your top two? Well, Her- who's, who's your top three? Give me your top three. Against, against Stanford, Herbert completed 25 out of his first 27 passes. And then in Impressive. overtime, he was one for six. So I got my, my two, uh, Will Greer, Justin Herbert, or my top three. Uh, I, I don't count out J- J- Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin, and uh, Benny the Jet Snell. I like him. Well, well, your boy Taylor from Wisconsin has fallen all the way, at least looking at ESPN's Heisman Watch Experts poll, all the way down to number 10 or past number 10 in that. He's all the way at the bottom there behind Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy, behind Texas Tech quarterback Alan Bowman. How about Penn State quarterback Trace McSorley? He's he's on a couple people's lists. How about one defensive defensive player on that list who's ranked at number five, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston? Yeah, he's been ranked since the season started. He's the number one pick. Uh, He might be the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, Two two guys I haven't heard you mention that number two on on the poll right now for Heisman Watch is Dwayne Haskins, Ohio Uh, State quarterback, sophomore. too early, too early for him. Yeah, and and then the other guy, which... I wouldn't put on my list. Oklahoma barely were almost upset in a massive way on Saturday against Army is Kyler Murray, the quarterback there, the junior quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners. So my top three would be two and number one because he's completely elevated that Alabama offense to something we haven't seen in a long time. Maybe have never seen for that program on the offensive side of things. And then I'll, I'll put Greer in there. I'll put Benny Snell in there. Those are my top three guys right now based on the teams, those teams winning games. And West Virginia's got a big matchup this weekend to keep their Texas undefeated Tech. streak alive. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big one for West Virginia. If they win that game at number – they're at number 12 right now. They win at the number 25 team in the country. I think that vaults them inside the top 10. We'll see how far exactly that that takes them. And moving on to my favorite – part of our weekly NCAA Insider Edition. This is the Family Feud Sports Podcast, where two lifelong sports journalists, also father and son, intensely debate the week's hottest sports news. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist and the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, giving us his biggest bum of the week and biggest hero of the week for week four of the college football season. Bum of the week is tied. I'm going to go with... uh... Mario Cristobal, the head coach at Oregon, he blew the game. All he had to do was take a knee. He would, they would have had a minute left that most likely could have run out the clock. It wasn't guaranteed. But instead he tries to run the ball. There's a fumble. And, and they blew that game. In. And, and Cristobal, I think that's going to put him on the hot seat. They picked him to be their head coach because they didn't want to go through another search with Willie Taggart leaving so late in the year. Uh, he, he's on thin ice as, as it is. They're not going to – the fans in Oregon, they're very passionate. They're not going to let him forget that. And the other bum of the week, I'm sorry, Justin Fuente, he's had a great career as a coach, but on this particular Saturday, Justin had a bad day. 29-point, Old Dominion. He's, they've only had a program for 10 years. They came into the game 0-3. They were 29-point underdogs, and they won, they beat Virginia. 29. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. I'm sorry. Good old 49 35. Now, this is the biggest upset since 2007 when Stanford was a 41 point dog against USC. Jim Harbaugh was the head coach. Willie Tagger was the quarterback coach. And Stanford won a 24 23. I remember talking to Willie Tagger that week, and 
He kept saying, we're going to win. We're gonna I said, Willie, come on. you got to say that. He said, no, why not? Why can't we win? Would they put their pants on the same way we do? Well, he was right. They won 24-23. USC was ranked number one in the coaches poll, number two in the AP poll, and they were 41-point dogs, and they won. That, that's a game that I will never forget. Remember that, the, the superstar coaching staff right Yeah, and there. USC entered that game, by the way, with a 35-game home winning streak. Yeah, that's, I, I remember that. That's, it, it goes way back. I'm trying to remember, was, was Andrew Luck the quarterback for Stanford at that time? Might, might have to do a little bit of research on, on that to see who was quarterback in that team. But Willie Taggart's always had a, a way – with words to say the least. And and I believe Coach Shaw, the current coach at Stanford, was on that staff as well. Right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. So a superstar coaching staff right there. Obviously Harbaugh at Michigan now. It's, 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 it's crazy to see how those two teams have come just in the last five to six years. Stanford, a, a complete cut yeah, above Stanford USC Stanford had right a now. backup quarterback, Tavita Pritchard. Uh, who number no one's ever probably heard of. Never but, heard of him. But, but that leads <laughs> me – this all leads me to my hero of the week – I bring back Rocky, the Italian stallion, for the second week in a row, an Italian backup. This guy was a backup on an 0-3 team that, that's not even major co- – well, it's major college football. Blake LaRusso, little 5'10 guy, backup on an 0-3 team. The coach said, let me give it a shot. We're not doing anything. He comes off the bench. He throws for 495 yards and four TDs, and now Ooh. he gets to start this week. And why that? not? You know, and he, he's 5'10", 185, the starter, 6'4", 225. So. <laughs> you talk, talk about some Italian pride right there. I, I, obviously, you've, you've got some Italian roots, or we both got some yeah, Italian well, roots, I, Mr. I, Mr. Allen Dell. Fun fact on the show here with Allen Dell and, and, and Chris Dell, the Family Feud Sports Podcast, our original family last name was D'Alessio, Italian D'Alessio. name. And, and last week in Syracuse, Eric Dungey, the quarterback, got hurt, and Tommy DeVito – Came off the bench and he just tore FSU apart. I say always be careful when a, when a starting quarterback goes down hurt and the backup comes in and the defense doesn't know anything about him, anything that happened. Some people are saying that's how Baker Mayfield has such a great game last week. Point just well bring taken. That up. So, <laughs> I, especially I be careful if that backup quarterback's Italian. Yeah, well, I don't know what <laughs> lesson learned from from the Godfather. Devito and Larusso. Okay. Uh, all right. So, so you got your heroes of the week, your bums of the week. Any uh, final thoughts? Wrap up here on our NCAA well, Insider we Week the hot podcast. Seat on my, my- oh, of course. How can I forget my second favorite segment of our weekly NCAA Insider podcast with the Godfather, Mr. Allen Dell? How could I forget the Godfather's hot seat? I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. Give it, give it to me, well, man. My, Who, my, who's burning? Who's going to get canned? Chris, Chris Ash, the Rutgers coach, is firmly entrenched on the hot seat. If I three straight by a combined score of 149 to 30. They had that loss to Kansas two weeks ago. Then they lost to Buffalo last week. I don't know. And now he's one of his players tweeted against him because supposedly he said in the locker room to his players it takes four, five, six years to rebuild a program. And one of his players is a senior and hurt. Lots of luck. I don't have four or five years. And he, he deleted the, the, the uh, tweet. They had to have a big arm. But that, that program's a mess. Chris Ash has got problems. You're making me look I'm bad, I'm from man. New Jersey. I know what Rutgers football is like. They haven't had much of a good history. But here's the latest rumor that I've heard. If they could bring – that's the only co- – excuse me, only school in the country that could bring Greg Schiano back without an uproar because, you know, he's he got – He's attached to the, the scandal at Penn State, maybe very unfairly. 
But that's the one school that could bring him back. At least that's from the scuttlebutt you hear. Graciano, the former USF Bulls killer, and, and, always beat us in big games back yeah, in the day. And, and, and he obviously the Bucks failed coach. But. All right, so that's that's well, Clay, interesting. Clay Clay no, 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 Frost and no Taggart on your. Uh, hot Taggart's seat. got one foot on, but he plays at Louisville. If he loses, he'll be back out on the hot seat. He, he's got this house one is foot a fucking prison. Floor. Clay Helton, USC. He's not looking good. And poor Lovey Smith. And maybe it's not fair with Lovey Smith. Program like that, you need more than three years to get that thing going. He's playing almost all freshmen. He lost to USF. You got to give that guy. I'd say four to five years. You just have to. So, so the, the godfather, ne- next step, the only step up worse from the hot seat is the horse head in the bed. Are you saying that Ash is going to be the first one with the horse head in the well, bed? What's know. your they, prediction they, they, for first coach fired this year? It's going to happen at some point, right? Larry Fedora from North Carolina is in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, and that was unfair what the, those football players did. They got a bunch of Michael Jordan sneakers. They sold them. I mean, come on. Someone got a four-game suspension for selling sneakers. I mean, you got to give me a break with all the stuff that's going on and football players being paid under the table. We all know that that's happening. Oh, they, they take away Heisman's for selling sneakers and, and signing autographs for a couple bucks cash. Yeah, these, these, these kids yeah, need I mean, their grocery money, man. I, I don't blame them. I mean, the NCAA, they're, they're, they're not fair. They're afraid. They're afraid of Alabama. Yeah, they, Alabama. We've mentioned a few times in the past, especially last year, we talked about your uh, pay-to-play NCAA series from a few years back on, on yeah. whether, you know, not not whether the NCAA should pay players, but specific cases of players in dilemmas with the NCAA because of that ruling. And how about one I just want to get your final thoughts on here as we wrap it up and close this podcast out for the week is the whole new rule this year about quarter, not just quarterbacks, but players being able to transfer before certain week in the season and obviously we see that the, the big news with Clemson's quarterback yeah. getting getting replaced out of the starting lineup he's announced he's going to transfer people wonder is Jalen Hurts going to transfer now that he lost his job at Alabama what you, is well, this is this a good rule the NCAA I it, I, it, for, for me it feels like it's about time the players are allowed yeah, to do I this think they should be allowed coaches can leave anytime they want they don't have to sit out a year the way players do so I, I think it's a good right I, I think Davos Sweeney uh, w- was honest with him. He could have waited until after this week because you can't transfer if you played in more than four games. So he played in four. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he- he's a stud. I'll tell you one, no job is safe in college football. It- it- things have changed for quarterbacks because they- the kids have been playing seven-on-seven seven since about seventh grade. The passing is so much better. The catching is so much better because of that seven-on-seven, seven, which is almost like AAU football. So you're going to have guys coming out of high school that, that want to play right away, and they're good enough to play right away. And Trevor Lawrence is a stud. Well, it just seems to me we're on a collision course, especially with the cupcake schedules we talked about of Alabama and Clemson with two, with two top-tier quarterbacks that yeah. are going to be – that are fairly new in their systems but have completely taken their yeah. teams to another T- level. Tua said he was going to leave if he didn't play in the national championship game. So Nick Nick got a little panicky, played, and they would, plus he was losing. Nick lucked out on that. Yeah, he did. I mean, let's not get <laughs> – you know, the, some people think he's the, the world's genius football coach, but he, he got a little luck there. Luck of the tide right there. Yeah, luck of the tide. All right, so so final thought or what's the final words of wisdom from the Godfather? Well, I'm going to keep my eye on Blake LaRusso, Old Dominion, this weekend. But other than that, uh, Stanford, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State. And, and let's keep an eye on Kentucky. That's a feel-good story. 
I hope I they keep it going. Kentucky, baby. Against, Top four. Against Must Jam's jam attack and throw South Carolina. Be 5-0. and The coaches pulling. He's stop hating on yeah, my Kentucky maybe, Wildcats Maybe uh, Calipari's going to have to take a back seat for a little while at yeah. Kentucky. You heard it here first from the godfather himself, Mr. Allen Dell. That wraps it up for this week's NCAA Insider Edition on the Family Feud Sports Podcast, powered by Go Baller Media. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist. You can find me on Twitter, at Mad Journalist, that's M-A-D Journalist, Mad Journalist with two Ds. You can find Mr. Alan Dell, the Godfather, on Twitter at A Dell Sports. That's A-D-E-L-L Sports. And you can always find us on social media tweeting about things and talking about our podcast as well. Looking forward to some more exciting stuff on the NFL this week as we do our NFL Quick Picks podcast later on in the week, picking every game against the spread. That does it for now. We appreciate you tuning in and lending us your ear for this show. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Fill in the blank. Pie in the what? Horse. <laughs> now, now, fill in the blank. Pie in the what the hell did you say? Hey, Miss Irma, how you doing? I'm great today, Steve. I hope you are. I'm just fine, ma'am. Now pronounce your last name. Britain, Britain, Britain. 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 Just like the country. Yeah, with two T's. <laughs> Britain with two T's. Miss Irma, I love you already. I loved you a long time, Steve. Yeah. Steve Harvey. This the family feuding. Baby mama drama. Got the family losing. Smoking. Out the front door fuming I was just a student Now you look like fooling yeah. Hunger got me moving Starving artists too I'm just being human I'm a human being I might start a movement Like the Carter too. When my bitch catch me cheating We go shop for shoes I'm getting even Now I'm getting even more than that More than that Yeah Switch pie I want more than half Yeah Two say I want more than that More than that I'm ready like you ordered that By the time you try to leave a nigga, I was already done being with you yeah. Me got a fight, nigga, baby, that's the door, I'm agreeing with you yeah. Pack up and take a demons with you, make sure Make sure I'm done dealing with yeah. you Whoa. Steve Harvey, bitch the family feuding Baby mama drama, got the family losing Smoking backwards, out the front door feuding I was just a student, now you look like foodie too. I never bothered, but I could have been a Harvard student. I was hardly stupid, but I was young and foolish. On some ways to use the family feeling. Well, let me ask something, son, because I ain't never asked a What is it that you love about me? You tall, you bald, rich, you dress well.